John the Baptist is exasperated. I can hear it in his voice. Are you really the one we are waiting for, or shall we keep on looking? Are you the one we've been expecting, or are we still waiting? Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? John, whose adult life has been spent priming Israel for the coming of his cousin, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus, the one John played hide-and-go-seek with. Jesus and John attended each other's birthdays, tagged each other on the playgrounds of Galilee, and traded jokes with each other at family gatherings. I have a cousin like this, a cousin I have spoke to by phone at least once a day since I was about eight years old. A cousin whose heartbeat is my heartbeat, whose triumphs are my triumphs, whose breath is my breath. It is said that when their mothers, Mary and Elizabeth, met in Ein Kerem, John leapt in utero. Their connection predates their births. Their bond was forged in the wombs of their faithful mothers. So it makes complete sense that John is in prison, languishing, exasperated, sinking as he remembers his cousin Jesus and all he had hoped he would do. It is as though John is given one final request by the warden and he asks, can you please get this question to my cousin? I need an answer before I draw my last breath. I simply cannot die with this question lingering. Folded into this question is a sense of despair. Is this person I've grown up with, placed my hope in, and vouched for the person he says he is? Is Jesus the one we've been waiting for, the one who will overthrow our Roman occupiers and crush the corruption of imperial rule, or are we to wait for another? Is Jesus the liberating force he claims to be, that I know him to be, that I want him to be, that I need him to be, or should I look for another? Is Jesus going to get me out of prison, or should I wait for someone else? John is asking this question on death row. John is asking this question from a place of profound anguish. John is asking this question at the intersection that none of us want to be at, a dead end, a rock, and a hard place. John is asking this question in concert with people who are honest, honest people throughout history who will not settle for tidy, trite answers. Are you the one who is to come, or am I to wait for another? Are you the one to reconcile me and my loved one, 
or am I to wait for another? Are you the one who is to resolve my diagnosis or am I to wait for another? Are you the one who is going to pay my rent this month or am I to wait for another? Are you the one who will deliver me from this grating coworker, this irritating spouse, this intractable situation or am I to wait for another? Don't look at your spouse right now. While the author, Debbie Thomas, has used the following phrase to refer to Mary, mother of God, mother of Jesus, it is also applicable to John the Baptist. Holy bewilderment. Holy bewilderment. And if you receive Richard Rohr's daily meditations in email, you saw this this past week, this phrase, holy bewilderment, which Debbie Thomas defines as the journey out of familiar spiritual territory into a lifetime of pondering, wondering, questioning, and wrestling. We witnessed John at a critical juncture on this journey where his life of faith appears to be unraveling in the isolation of incarceration. For an indefinite amount of time, he is left with nothing but his next breath. How did I get here? And how will I get out? He's probably wondering. In the words of Christian Wyman, the poet and essayist, quote, life is not an error, even when it is. That is to say, whatever faith you emerge with at the end of your life is going to be not simply affected by that life, but intimately dependent upon it, for faith in God is, in the deepest sense, faith in life which means that even the staunchest life of faith is a life of great change. It follows that if you believe at 50 what you believed at 15, then you have not lived or have denied the reality of your life, end quote. John is in the middle of experiencing a great change from the confidence of his wilderness preaching just last week to the coldness of his prison cell today. The Jesus he left, leapt for in Elizabeth's womb is the Jesus who appears to be abandoning him at the very moment he needs him most. Stretching John toward a faith in his 30s that was not possible in his 20s or earlier. And the faith gestating within him in prison, his imagination around God and the beautiful world God made is not the faith that grew inside of him before he was incarcerated. What is that prison for you today? What is that thing that has changed your feelings about God? Your articulation of God? John, through circumstances not of his own making, is forced to wait, to mark time differently. 
his Advent season was a little bit different from ours, wasn't it? John is forced to make his home in the tension between what was, what is, and what is to come. Bewilderment, paradox, puzzlement, perplexity is a confounding gift of Advent. Bewilderment is holy because it is an invitation to experience my life and God as life and God are, not as I wish them to be. All of life. The mass violence with which we are all too familiar and the, ne- the less acknowledged violences inflicted upon us relationally, economically, politically, personally, and that we ourselves inflict on others, all of that, however painful, belongs to God. And it is God the patient weaver that God is, who is faithfully lacing the seemingly disparate threads of our lives into something meaningful. We heard it in Isaiah, and I was reminded of this. Um, Sometimes my mind wanders. I'm not as devout as Richard or Katie or Amy. Sometimes my mind wanders during the readings. And I was taken back to December 10th of 2010 when I was confirmed in St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Jackson, Tennessee, the third Sunday of Advent. These were the readings that day. Isaiah says, here is your God. Be strong and fear not. I will come and save you. This is the God we're dealing with today. This is the God that John was dealing with. It is God in Christ, even when I can't perceive it, even when I can't believe it, even when I don't have faith enough to imagine it, who is mending relationship. It is God in Christ who is opening ears and eyes. It is God in Christ healing the sick and announcing good news to the outer edges coaxing a fractured world into union. Holy bewilderment is an invitation to ponder anew the unfolding mystery of life in our strange and stunning universe. It is an invitation to pause and appreciate that when answers are slim and challenges are more numerous than tears, Jesus sees, knows, and treasures us beyond measure, questions and all. Amen.